Hey, my name is Jackson Canty and welcome to Vim Online. Thank you for spending time with me today. I hope you are encouraged. I hope you know you have purpose, you are loved, and you belong. Enjoy this message. Hey, how are you? My name is Jackson Canty. Welcome, welcome. So excited you would take your time and tune in with me wherever you are, whatever you're doing. I'm just blessed. I'm honored um, that you would spend your time um, with me for the next couple minutes. And, And I'm excited and I'm ready to get going. So let's get started. Before we get started, can I ask you a favor? Are we close enough friends yet that I can ask you for a favor? The favor I want to ask for you is this. Um, Obviously, I know people and you know people. And you know people that I don't know and I know people that you don't know. And maybe together through social media, through sharing this podcast, we can get the word out and we can help some people, give some people hope, encouragement, and let them know um, that they have purpose that they are loved and that they belong and I really believe in in this podcast and these messages and all that not because I'm I'm the one doing it but but because um, God will use our obedience and I believe that um, and I believe the on the level of of our of our obedience will come a certain level of blessings. And I'm not saying God rewards good behavior, but I am saying certain blessings God wants to give you will come through certain disciplines. Um, and, and, and so all that to say, it really would mean a lot if you would share it. Um, I would challenge you to maybe share it on here. I'll give you a challenge. Either Share it on three social medias. So if you have a Facebook, an Instagram, a Twitter, um, I don't know what else is out there, a Snapchat, um, a TikTok, whatever, a LinkedIn, whatever, all of them, all of them. If you would take, um, if you would take some of your time and go share these messages and that and these podcasts, it would really help me out a lot. And so I would appreciate that. Um, well, let's get into it now. You didn't come to hear that. You came to hear the Word of God, so I'm excited to share this with you. Um, I want to give you a little context. I do think it, it'll make more sense if there is a little bit more context um, before I read it. So Jesus is about to be crucified, and we know that He is crucified, Um, and then he dies, but he doesn't stay dead, and that's good news. Um, However, to get to the cross, he had to be selected. He had to be selected as um, a prisoner, found guilty on some charge, and they couldn't find a charge to get him guilty on, but they just, as a people, put him on the cross and you will also also find uh, in times that all the crowd doesn't always make the best decision um, just because a lot of people are saying to do one thing doesn't necessarily mean it's the right thing to do. In Matthew 27, I'm going to start reading at verse 15. 
Now, it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. Not Jesus Christ, not Jesus the Messiah, not the perfect one. This was a criminal with the same name, the same first name, Jesus Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, which one do you want me to release to you? Which one do you want me to release to you? Jesus Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Messiah? And so I just read Matthew 27, 15 through 17. Um, which one do you want me to release? The crowd had a choice of which Jesus was to be released. Jesus the criminal, um, and from my research it was believed he was a murderer. So Jesus the criminal or Jesus the Christ? Jesus the murderer or Jesus the Messiah? There was a choice put in the hands of the people as to who would be released. And the people had a decision to make. Which one do you want me to release to you? And I'm going to title this podcast, Which Jesus? Because I do believe that in a different way, we're not choosing between a criminal Jesus and a Christ Jesus. But oftentimes, maybe we're choosing between the Jesus of our calling or the Jesus of our comfort. And sometimes the Jesus of our comfort is kind of like when you do a Bible study and you have some free time and so you just kind of post a picture of your Bible study. Um, But the Jesus of your calling But the Jesus of your calling, you will find that you don't look for circumstance as much as you look for obedience. And I would like to make um, a suggestion to you today. You don't have to agree with me, but this is my belief. That the most important thing about you, you, insert your name here, the most important thing about you is your view of God. As a man thinks, so is he. So if you see God as some guy in the sky and not really someone who wants a relationship with you, you will treat him as a um, off figure in the distance who sometimes can come in and save the day rather than the one who created you and wants a relationship with you. The temptation is to look at God as kind of a genie in a bottle or even just someone to talk to. And I'm not saying he doesn't love to come through and answer your prayers and he doesn't love to hear you voice your feelings towards him. But who he is 
and his goal in the earth is different. He, the scripture calls him the comforter, right? Jesus is the comforter, which suggests that your life might be in an uncomfortable place. And so, you know, if your life is kind of rosy and there's nothing really going on, you can pause it or you can keep listening and remember this and then come back and re-listen to it next week when something happens. And so your view of God is the most important thing about who you are. Some of us see God as angry. And so, because of our expectation that God is angry, we feel as if and experience anger. But if you have the revelation that he wants you, your life will flow from that. That not only did he make me, he more than made me. He wants me. And the first place the enemy will attack you is in your perception. Not in your bank account. Not in your kids. Not in your friends, not in your parents. The first place the enemy will come at you is in your view. Because if he can distort how you see, he can distort everything you take in and he will be attacking area of your life, every area of your life by just attacking one. And because if he can put the wrong thoughts in your head, he won't have to mess up your life You will do it for him. The first place he comes is your perception. And so to have a right view of God is to have the right defense system. When the enemy comes and he says, you're not enough, you can say, I am enough. When the enemy says, there's no way this can happen, you can respond with, I am more than a conqueror. When the enemy says, your identity is not real and your hope is not accurate, you can say, I know who I am and I know who created me. Which brings me to my second suggestion. That your view of yourself is the second most important. And it's a close second. But it is the second most important thing about you because no matter how big you see God if you see yourself as not enough you will function every day in a mental deficit but if you know that I am called I am chosen and he will take me and he will lead me and he will guide me that same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you your thoughts and your actions and your life will be a reflection of that. And what you experience in life and from God, what you experience will be determined by what you expect. 
So if you expect God to move in your life, and if you pray and expect God will answer your prayers, maybe, maybe, maybe not in the timing you you want, but he will come through. And Ephesians 3.20 says he will do immeasurably more than you can ever ask or imagine. But your experience lies in the expectation. I can already see someone commenting or messaging me saying, Wow, you, you're saying that we control God. Or, or, or this is <clears throat> that God never changes and his ways never change. And my response will be, well, you're right in one sense. And I'm not saying that God changes. What I am saying is your view of God, your personal view of God determines whether you personally experience him or not. And whether the crowd in Matthew 27 chose to release the Messiah or the murderer chose what they received. And you will often get what you ask for. If, you know, a lot of the things we complain about is something we asked for. And so the crowd chose Jesus Barabbas. So which Jesus? Every time... God tries to show you something, you have a choice. You have a choice to receive what he has released. And all things are possible through Christ Jesus, but often we don't want Christ Jesus. We want comfortable, silly Jesus. We don't want Jesus with a calling. We want Jesus with a goosebump. And so we come to church and we shout about verses and we get excited and we highlight verses that say, give and it will be given to you, pressed down, shaken together and running over. We love pressed down, shaken together and running over. But the preface of the verse is before it will be given to you, you must first give. In the economy of God, Jesus gave his life for you. You owe nothing. You are covered. But on the level you experience that forgiveness is determined by what you expect from God. And if we understand that God's grace is unlimited and can move however he chooses, but we choose if he uses us. We choose if he uses us. Verse 26 says, Then he released Barabbas to them. They got what they asked for. But then Jesus Christ flogged and handed over to be crucified because you get what you ask for. And they got the Jesus they asked for. And the worst thing that can ever happen is for you to get what you ask for, but not get the right Jesus. 
God is unlimited in his ability to release. But it doesn't matter how much he releases if you limit what you receive. So so which Jesus? It's kind of like the choice is up to you. God is never changing. He is always the same. However, you experience him on the level you expect, on the level you receive, on what he releases. So, if Jesus gives you abundance, but you live in lack, you now have chosen the Jesus of lack, even though you have the Jesus of abundance. If you hate your neighbor, even though Jesus died and gave you his love, you have chosen the Jesus of love. I mean, the Jesus of hate instead of the Jesus of love. You can, you can choose the Jesus of anger instead of the Jesus of passion. You can choose to be angry about something, and that's just because you're passionate about it. But anger is a perversion of passion. You can, you can choose to be the Jesus of purpose or the Jesus of laziness. And what you experience in your life is determined by your expectations and your perception of God's sovereignty over your life will determine how much you are willing to trust him. Your perception determines the amount of trust. And the crowd got what they asked for. The prisoner they asked to be set free was released. And so we can prove this by other scriptures Seek and you will find. Ask and you will receive. The release waits on the ask. God is waiting to release. But we can choose which Jesus. And we'll say things, you know. Um, We'll say things like, God, use me. Like, God, I want him. I love you, God. Use me. Send me. Here I am, Lord, your servant. I will wash your feet. And then he's like, love that person that you don't really like. And we're like, well, um, well, God. Um, and, or, or, or we'll be like, God, I trust you. And then the first time our money starts acting a little funny, we stop tithing. Or, 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 or because when God releases... You have the choice to receive. And oftentimes, he will release what we need before he releases what we want. I was just having a conversation today um, with a friend, and we were talking about prayer. And I said, when you get heaven's attention, just ask for anything. I mean, worst case scenario, God says no. I mean, like, don't hold back. We hold back. We ask for the wrong thing sometimes. And sometimes God will hold back one blessing so that the real blessing can be released. The people thought they wanted Jesus the criminal. Jesus the murderer, but the one who loved them and was on his way to die for them, they rejected. 
because the crowd <laughs> does not always make the best decision. And before you judge that crowd, realize that you and me both were in this together. I know better than you. We reject God often because he will release something into our life, but it comes packaged in a way we don't appreciate. So when Jesus was born and the Jewish people were expecting a Messiah, they thought, surely he will come as a mighty warrior. Yet he came as a baby, as a lamb to be slain. And they thought he would be a great politician and military leader, yet he chose to come in the form of a carpenter and someone who would live humbly. And we reject God because he, because he comes packaged in a way we don't appreciate. And so you choose what you pray for. So, so, so when you get heaven's attention... You can ask for anything, but you don't choose the way in which God responds. And you might be at a wedding festival, and you might run out of wine, and then you will ask God for more wine, and he might say, go grab six jars of water, the kind used to bathe in, big, huge jars of water. Not the kind you drink. Not even that. And we will miss what God is ready to release because it does not come in the form we expect it to come. And many of us insist that we know the way he will come through. And the need to know everything will cause us not to act. And when we need wine and we need to grab, we need to grab water jars it's like this it's like um hey jesus um yeah um we think we we really we we really think you're a cool dude bro but um you said for us to go get water jar. i i think i think I, uh, there was a misunderstanding did you say did you say water jars like the kind we to wash in. Oh, okay. Um. Are okay. Cool. Oh, we need wine though. Okay. All right. Let me try it. Let me try it in a way that really fits into your life. God, I God, I want more peace. Okay. How about spend less time looking at other people's lives and comparing yourself to them. Okay, you see how it doesn't always correlate naturally? And and we'll say, no, 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 Jesus, I didn't say all that. Like, I didn't want to change all that. I, I, I. But I think God moves more in our life than we give him credit for. We just recognize it. We just don't recognize it because it comes in unexpected forms. And God often shows up in an unexpected form. And they thought he was coming as a king, but he came humbly. And your ability to receive what God will release to you has more to do with you being open. 
Romans 15, 13 says, May God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We read a verse like this and conclude that if we do not have peace and joy in a moment, God is not with us in that moment. But actually, it says that God gives it to you, which means you don't already have it on your own. And we expect to have it. And when we don't have it, whatever it is for you, whatever makes you feel like you are not enough without it, it can be anything. It can be a relationship. It can be a status. It can be a job. It can be amount of money in your bank. It can be anything. But what God wants to release to you is not some blessing. This isn't cool, this isn't fun, this doesn't get you excited. But he wants to release the real version of himself. And when you get the real version of who he is, the blessings will come. And they will not come alone, they will come packaged, wrapped in who he is. To go after worldly gains is to lose God. To go after God is to get him and get the world thrown in. And God wants to release into your life. God is calling you. And God is leading you. And he wants to release. But his level of release is dependent on your willingness to go left. On your willingness to go left when the crowd goes right. And what God will do in your life and in my life is often dependent on our level of obedience. Which Jesus will we choose hey before you go i hope this encouraged you i hope you know you have purpose you are loved and you belong if you did enjoy this um i just want to ask share it um screenshot it send it to your friends share the link do whatever you can do get the word out it'll really help help us out um, second, go to our website, vimonline.org. If you just made a decision of faith and you're like, I want to start stepping in relationship, walking in stride with God. If that's you, the very first page, when you pull up vimonline.org, it'll be a decision for faith. You can put in your name, your email, and your address. And we're not going to do anything weird. We're not going to bug you. We're not going to send you a bunch of stuff or show up at your door. We just want to say congratulations. We want to send you a Bible um, and some other resources that will help you getting started along and walking with God. Also, by going to vimonline.org, you can support financially. It is the financial gifts that help us move forward and take the ministry into new places. Thank you so much. I hope this blessed you. Thank you.